Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Gail Sylvia, and I'm so excited to have you joining us today here on Sylvia Global Radio. Actually, it's evening. We're here in Nigeria with an incredible woman. Her name is Olanike Oluboji. Oluboji, and Olanike is an environmental leader in Nigeria and an activist on behalf of saving our environment. Olanike, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hello, Lanike. Hello, Gail. Hi, there you are. Thank you so much for being yeah, on Soviet Global Radio today. So, talk to you know. I want to go and um, back and introduce you in more detail. Your professional background is in urban and regional planning, and you have a first and second degree in those, along with professional experience as a social entrepreneur and an environmental activist. You're an educator and a professional, and your focus is with disadvantaged women in Kaduna State, Nigeria and you address a number of environmentally destructive cultural practices that affect water supply, energy services, urban transport, education, and waste management issues. How did you find this area of work and passion to be so important? How did it become so important to you? Well, um, I'll say while growing up, I witnessed the general misuse and abuse of the environment. And um, I had so much concern that most people were apparently either unaware or lacked the capacity to take action. Um, From childhood, I'll say I lived with an optimism that someday I will be able to take action. And, well, I saw my interest and concern as a cost and an opportunity to serve humanity and also contribute towards protecting the environment from further misuse and abuse. So I'll um, just say that I grew up with a self-awareness which helped me to develop um, effective behaviors aligned with my constant interest and passion about doing something Can you, you know, to correct um, some of the wrongs that I noticed when it comes to how man lives in, um, how man relates with um, the environment. How, um, what were some of your first steps in terms of addressing these concerns and what exactly are the types of problems that you have um, been concerned about and aware of since childhood? Well, one of the major um, ones I first noticed um, was the issue of littering. Um, Waste were improperly disposed, defined people throwing things around, throwing things out of vehicles, and no one really cared. You'll find um, heaps of refuse all over the place, and, you know, it was just um, quite appalling and worrisome 
some that people seem not to even bother about the implications, the consequences of some of this action, aside from it um, defacing the environment. I also understood that um, there were health implications of some of these problems. And then um, also um, you find the issue of um, deforestation because um, a lot of people depend, especially in the rural areas, people depend on um, fuel wood um, or other popularly called over here in Nigeria firewood. They depend on firewood for cooking and there's so much um, deforestation because there's a lot of illegal logging you know, going on till date and um, no one is uh, um, planting new trees or um, thinking of how to ensure that um, these trees are not completely depleted. And of course, we know that um, uh, when um, trees are taken off, it can also lead to erosion, it leads to flooding. Uh, we have desert encroachment, particularly in um, the northern parts of Nigeria. And um, I'll say that over time, I found out that um, the lives of women, especially those at the grassroots, they're the ones that are um, most affected, you know, by some of them, all these problems. In your, the area that you're doing a lot of your work, Kaduna State, is this problem, are you starting to see changes occur um, that are beneficial from the work that you're doing, or is there still a lot of work to be done? I'll say there's still a lot of work to be done because uh, much of what I've been doing has been self-funded. Um, like I started out um, with an organization called Environmental Management and Protection Network. I also founded um, the Environmental Management and Protection Network by bringing together a group of like-minded people. What I wanted to do was um, establish a kind of forum where um, the government, the civil society, intergovernmental organizations, and individuals could come together and um, you know do something to that will impact positively on the environment. But as I moved along, because especially of the death of funds and along the line also, finding out that the lives of women were the worst affected, you know, by some of these challenges. Um, gradually, my work began to shift um, to the area of supporting women, addressing issues, environmental issues that directly impact on the lives of women, for example, the issue of water. We find out um, most people, most women at the grassroots depend on contaminated sources of water. And more often than not, we have to walk very long distances um, in the course of which they face all kinds of harassment and assault, abduction, and all that. And in actual fact, even though the government trying to do some things, maybe um, implementing um, some water intervention projects, you find out that communities are not carried along. Even where communities are carried along, the women are left out of decision-making. So sometimes the solutions are provided are not actually hitting the target. You are a part you know, of And that was how... Uh, 
Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You were saying that. You're a part of an organization called WISE and yeah. a safe and just environment for all. And it's a women's initiative for a sustainable environment. And so on, according to, you know, the, the research that I was doing, organizations such as WISE have a significant role to play because you believe that there is a need to improve the relationship, you know, between humans and our environment. And I think making the connection between um, the safety of women associated with our environment is something that you just referenced. And, you know, in terms of just the distance that they have to travel in order to get access to water, um, the risk and the safety or lack of safety associated with doing that. Um, what other issues is WISE addressing that shows the impact of the environment on other areas of women's lives in particular? Okay. Um, well, uh, one thing is that we can separate the issue of sanitation and hygiene from water. We find also that uh, most um, rural communities, even in the urban areas, a lot of houses don't have um, sanitary facilities, toilets are lacking. And then also women still have to face the indignity, you know, of um, um, relieving themselves in the open. Sometimes they have to go to the bushes and all that. And, you know, that also impacts on the quality of water, maybe um, um, from the river sources or from the wells. And, um, you know, the uh, of sanitation also impacts negatively on water. And women are still the worst heating. Because where you have outbreak of um, diarrhea, cholera, and things like that, it's still the women that will be the caregivers. They spend so much time, productive hours, you know, trying to address some of these issues. And you find out that the awareness is not there, the skills are not there. So it's really um, kind of um, causing a lot of setbacks on the lives of these women. Then in the issue of deforestation, it's still the women that go out to search for firewood. They still face the same challenges of assault, um, walking long distances, um, you know, facing harassment, abduction, and all that. And then um, we have the issue of um, the problem of solid waste disposal where um, there are lots of heaps of refuse all over the place and what have you. And then you have um, industries that dispose their waste into the rivers. Most of them don't have um, waste treatment plants. Where they have waste treatment plants, they are not functional. And sometimes I wonder what the authority is doing. And, um, Can well, I ask you also, a question yeah, about the authorities? What, how much direct contact and influence are you able to have with local and national authorities there around, you know, the environmental issues that you're addressing? Well, I have um, opportunity to liaise um, with the Federal Ministry of Environment at some time, at some point in time because I developed um, um, a proposal and the synopsis of um, some environmental awareness materials I wanted produced and um, maybe made accessible 
to the generality of Nigerians at the federal level and the state level and all that. But along the line, um, maybe because of um, some changes in um, government that happened, the project died along the way. I tried that also at the state level, and sometimes these things are politicized, and you find out that it doesn't see the light of day. But I still went ahead to, you know, um, produce some video jingles and all that, which I didn't have enough um, funding to, you know, um, project. But sometimes I'm involved in programs that governments do. At some point, I was invited when um, the government was trying to mainstream the environment into a document they came up with, a strategy they came up with, um, I think, sometime in 1999 when there was this um, um, Nigerian document, something about um, empowerment strategy. And um, eventually the, uh, the stakeholders meeting never held. No, there were a lot of shifts, and along the line, the minister who was in charge then um, was um, relieved. And I don't know, sometimes you just get frustrated when you start up something with the government and then it dies along the way. So, much of what I've done in the past, um, I think, three, four years has um, been more of um, building my organization to the point where we can directly access grants to fund some of our initiatives. You know, so where do you get the most support? Funding support, political support, educational support, um, journalism, um, media support, where does that come from for you? Because you're doing such amazing work, and yet it sounds like you still have quite a uphill battle to um, contend with, and support would be um, necessary. Um, well, I've um, focused a lot also on self-development, um, Unfortunately, too, my work has gained recognition beyond Nigeria, and I've um, been opportune to benefit from um, some capacity building um, training. For example, in um, 2008, I had the opportunity to attend the Fourth African Women and Water Conference. In the company of a grassroots woman, I selected and um, submitted um, a joint application on behalf of, and um, we actually benefited from the first African Women and Water Conference training, and we were now able to come back and start up um, a water sanitation and hygiene project that is still running. I do um, water sanitation and hygiene projects for rural women group, you know, the training program that is still ongoing. And then also, um, I've had the opportunity to be invited to, um, I was invited to the grassroots women strategy program of um, the Women and Global Green Action Network. That was way back in 2005, even though I didn't make it to Mexico, but I still kept contact with the organizers. And uh, one of um, the people I met 
Wagan was Melinda um, Kramer, the founder of the Women's Earth Alliance. Her organization has also been very supportive in terms of um, building my capacity. Um, Melinda selected me for the, recommended me to the um, Global Women's um, Leadership Network based in California. Um, the Rondas program called the Women Leaders for the World. I've also, I'm an alumni of the Women Leaders for the World program. I was in California in 2008 for the training at the Santa Clara University. And then also in 2008, um, through Melinda also, I found out about World Pulse. She introduced me to World Pulse and um, I joined the World Pulse community. Um, World Health is an organization based in Oregon, um, Portland. And uh, what World Health does is um, empower women to use their voice for change, um, equipping women with skills, um, information, and everything that can help them, you know, project their voice for change and right uh, out. I was fortunate also to be selected as um, a 2013 Voices of Our Future correspondent. The program started in July and it's running through um, November. The program will be ending, I think, by this month. We're on our fifth model. And um, I'll say some of the capacity building opportunities that that just mentioned a few. Yeah, you mentioned some very valuable ones, and, and this is a great opportunity for me to let our audience know that you'll be having a voice here on Sylvia Global Media Network as a, point, a part of the a continuation of Voices of Our Future. We're very excited about the guests that you'll be bringing on and make, helping all of us um, to become more in, better informed about not only the work that you're doing in Nigeria to save the environment, but the incredible leadership that's happening around the world that women are doing to address the environment. And as you've already have um, shared, you know, environmental impact um, appears in different forms in different parts of the world, but yet the consequences of us not taking action um, impact all of us. And yeah. we just really applaud your your work and you um, being persistent and diligent in your efforts, and we look forward to supporting you as best that we can to get the word out and to garner more support around the work that you and many other women are doing on behalf of all of us. So thank you very much. Thank you, Gail. Yeah. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here on Sylvia Global this um, evening. We look forward to having you back again. Uh, how can our audience be in touch with you if they want to learn more about WISE and the work that you are doing, Olanika? Um, well, um, they could go to our website, www.wisenigeria.org. Um, the website has been thematic, just thematic for the past um, few years. It was also a support to write um, by um, Lynn Hightower. She's a professor of arts education in um, Kennesaw University, Atlanta. 
Um, the website is currently being upgraded um, to become more functional and interactive. So I think um, by January, um, a lot of people will be able to interact with WISE um, via our website. But also now, um, we're very active on World Pulse. You can check my journal. I write about women issues and they have, it relates to the environment. You could check my journal um, on World Pulse. On World Pulse, I use Green Girl. So you could search for um, Green Girl on World Pulse also. And then um, our email address for white is um, whitenigeria at life.com. Olanika, thank you so much for being here on Sylvia Global. We look forward to having you back on your own show and our audience connecting with you there. Learn more about Alonica also at sylviaglobal.com. Have a wonderful evening, and thank you again. I've been your host, Gail Sylvia. Take care. Thank you.